You're listening to Minds and Musicians, Episode 2 with Steve O'Brien. Anyone, if they put in the work, and I'm not saying it's easy, but if they do put in the work, they can obtain a high level of musicianship if they choose to. Steve just logged on. Hello, hello. How are you? Good. I'm so happy that you're here. That I think you have a lot of good stories. Just be on your best behavior. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> All right. So let, let's let's go way back, Steve. Let's go way oh. back. Yeah, we're gonna go way back to when you first got uh, got into playing. What what did you play? What was your what was well, your thing? Well, back in 1916, they didn't really have. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um... <laughs> how old were you? How old were you when you first got started? I, I was already a burned-out musician at that time. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was eight years old. You know what? It's funny. The way it started for me was uh, um, my my dad. My parents actually encouraged me. My dad said, "Why don't you take guitar lessons?" I was. You know, I wasn't the best hockey player. <laughs> After about six games with me not scoring a goal, I think he thought, well, maybe music's your thing. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, around eight years old. And, and you know what What grabbed me? Because he, he presented a scenario to me. He goes, you know what, Steve? You learn to play guitar. You'll go to a party. Somebody will give you a guitar. You're going to be the center of attention. Everyone will sit around you. And and, and I just like that, you know, when you're eight years old, you you're an attention seeker, right? And I, I like that concept. So I signed up at um, uh, Ryzen, uh, which uh, sadly just closed its doors, I think, a year or two back yeah, after 55 years or whatever it was. So, um, yeah, I started there. And then after two or three years, I was still playing on top of Old Smokey, just fancier versions of it. I thought, well... <laughs> I, I kind of want to break out of this and do something else. And I, I started listening to like Jeff Beck and, and, and guys like that. And I, wow, what's this, this is new to me. And, and I just, I, I, I set to work to, to try to cop what those guys are doing later, Alda Miola to get the speed thing happening. And, um, and then basically, so I was a guitar player in oh, a few different bands. And then, um, I don't know, I think probably around the eighties, uh, I started realizing that the, the the music scene was drifting towards a, a more simple. I, they weren't asking for Jeff back. They wanted the cars. Yeah. So yeah. I'm, I'm with my guitar going chunk, 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 chunk. And I'm going, I don't know about this. I'm, I'm not enjoying this as much. So I, I kind of would, when the drummer would take a break, I'd kind of sneak behind his kit and start tapping out a few things. And uh, before I knew it, I had totally fallen head over heels in love with the drums and it's it's a debate that still goes on to this day. I still have people that go, you know, Steve, you're you're a guitar player, get off the drums. And and some other people say there's another camp that says, No, you're a drummer. What are you doing picking up a guitar? So <laughs> I like to do both. You know, I'm I'm a drumming geek though. That that's my thing. I was never a guy, I think um I think what started happening with me was, you know, the cover band scene was pretty fervent at the time, like I said, but I wasn't I wasn't satisfied with just learning the new oh who would it be back then I don't know uh, cars <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know yeah, I, cars I and lover boy and bands like yes that, yeah. you got it all the standards um, now I enjoyed the gigs 
I love the gigs, mostly for the camaraderie because the scene is awesome. And, and Jack, you know that we've we've shared some stages and uh, oh, many many years. Um, yes. Yeah, and it was just the fun, like uh, interacting. You're out for a night. You're not, you know, you're not spending a whole lot of money because you're making money. I, I just really enjoyed it. So well, you you even did some time. You were even on the road for a little while, right? With the yes, the, yes, I did the Northern Ontario thing, like like everyone else at that time, and uh, that was an adventure. Not not always up. awesome, but uh, it was yeah. an adventure. But but I started to my life changed around 1996 when I went over to the Trough in Buffalo and I saw Dennis Chambers play the drums. Yeah, I yeah, I couldn't. My jaw dropped open and stayed on the floor. People were using it for an ashtray. It's like, what the heck is this? <laughs> and I couldn't even get my mind around. It. I I thought, you know, I'm a big Neil Peart fan and and Bill Bruford and all those guys, but this guy just he he chewed up his drums and spit them out in front of me. Yeah, and I thought, I okay, I got two choices. I'm going to go home and burn my drum set, which seems the more likely thing to do, <laughs> or. Yeah. I'm going to set a task and try to practice every day. Yeah. So I, I, I fell in love with the actual playing of the instrument, not, I, not just significant enough to, to do the cover tunes. I wanted to explore and, and the, the drums, when it comes to drums, uh, the mathematics, um, I know I used to, uh, I taught at the music depot a couple of times and some of the students there would be scratching their heads going, what the heck is that? Well, it's <laughs> What's this guy talking about? By yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, to this day, that's still the case. And, um, I just love playing, uh, music, but like I said, there's, there's two sides. I think it's easier to obtain a high standard of musicianship than it is to find fame. Okay. So anyone, if they put in the work and I'm not saying it's easy, but if they do put in the work, they can obtain a high level of musicianship if they choose to. Uh, fame yeah. is more fleeting. You know, if anyone's out to 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 be, you know, top of the charts, well, it, not that it can't happen, but that's that's a pretty big dream. Yeah. Um, yeah. But you can be an awesome musician, and that counts. <laughs> what does he keep doing? I have this image of him just like all of a sudden going, I just like staring into space. <laughs> Must be the connection. Yeah, it could be all the rain and stuff. Could be my cell phone. <laughs> yeah, could be. It's so funny how you just disappear and then out of nowhere. And you know what? Back. I'm I'm holding my phone with the very tips of my fingers on the very edge, so it can't be my my thumbs. I don't know what's going on. That's but, funny um, though. It just stops and then you just show up. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, you know, like in and out. I'm a drummer. My timing's you know impeccable. <laughs> but, uh... <laughs> That's good. Yeah. But. Um, yeah, like I said, uh, as musicians, we're card-carrying members of an elite society that I think non-musicians would love to be part of. Oh, for sure, for sure. I, yeah. I get it all. I get that all the time. Where you, you know, oh man, I, I really would love to do what you do, but you know, I'm I'm too old or I'm I'm whatever, and I I just tell them, well, if you want to do it, just do it. You know, I usually right. use an example a lot uh, because I I mean, you were. You weren't a kid when you flipped to, to over to drums. No, I was a late starter. I was in my mid twenties, which is pretty late. Um, and I was, I wasn't really all fiery on the drums at that point. Um, no, I, I played with you back in those days. So yes, I remember sir. when you first flipped <laughs> over to drums and, uh, you know, 
I, I'd be standing there going, you, you all right, buddy? <laughs> you know? Does this guy know this is Neil Young and not Jazz Fusion? <laughs> that's right. That's right. You know? um, yeah. Yeah. There was, there was some moments of that. And then, I mean, at the same point, you, you know, you had your influences, obviously playing Neil Young was not one of the, the bigger influences for you. Uh, really wasn't no. your style. Um, no, but again, the hang was awesome. You know, yeah, it, it, yeah. I always had fun in that band. Rob yeah. was able to, the singer was able to command an audience and yeah. we, we got uh, an outrageous response wherever we played. So I, I have no qualms about my time in that band at all. No. And then in Oracle, of course, yeah, in or Oracle, same thing. That, that was the end of the, the real busy um, rock bar scene. I, I don't know if we'll get that back. But that's, um, yeah, that's kind of a, a, a drag because the, the big bars that we played back in the day um, have all seemed to go by the wayside. They've they've all shut down or, you know, and I think the the whole status of the, the liquor board saying, oh, well, everybody's got to be a restaurant now um, kind of changed things. Now you're playing in chicken wing joints and, and places like that where it's not the big stage or the big light show like it was, you know, when we were younger, we, we actually we we saw some pretty good gigs back in those days. Right. And I think Steve is gone once again. I don't know. That's weird. It must be something in my settings. that lets me talk for, for a few minutes and it says, okay, shut the heck up. You've said enough. Yeah. You've said enough. <laughs> Sorry about right. that. At least I know how to quickly get back now. It's just, I got to go back one screen and there you are. That's weird. Um, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna flip you over to something new then here. Um, your your influences, like if you were to say, like not not just uh, where you are now, but I mean going back to when you started okay. on the on things. You know, what who were your influences? You know, both on the guitar, you said Jeff Beck and and yes. people like that, but uh, on the drum kit, you know, who would who was your influences early on? Well, I mean, I think like everyone else my age, the Beatles had a huge impact. Yeah. Um, yeah. so, I mean, that was awesome. And then, and then that's what made me and, uh, uh, Mark Christopher, where we both got cheap acoustic guitars and started doing, I, I saw her standing there and that was the start of it all. <laughs> um, and then, like I said, yeah, then I got, I started getting into Jeff Beck and, and, and Aldo Miola and guys like that. And that, that kind of formed my guitar formative years. Um, and then when I started drums, uh, uh, Bill Bruford, the Prague guys, Neil Peart, of course, uh, Phil Collins, Bill Bruford yeah. were big influences. And that's why I, I overplayed so much. It's their fault. No, I, but, you're blaming um, them, yeah. Yes, it was their <laughs> fault. But, um, and then uh, later, like I said, I went and saw Dennis Chambers. He changed my life. So Dennis Chambers, Dave Weckl has become my favorite all-time drummer. Mm -hmm. I just want to be able to do half of what he can do, and I'd be, I'd be a happy camper. Uh, yeah. There's so much inspiration out there. And, and today, every new generation is so much scarier than the last. Yeah, um, I mean, good lord, they got eight year old kids, and I'm, I'm rewinding these videos six times to see what they're doing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like, what's going on? Yeah, but, these um, sponges they just suck up the information like crazy when they're that age. Yeah, and some people say, well, there's no good music anymore, you know, it's all just crap. And I just, well, these guys are still applying their craft pretty efficiently. Yeah. So I, yeah, I think a I, lot of it, a lot of it too, is a lot of these guys aren't being heard as much as they probably deserve to, right? Where the, the top 40 mainstream, you know, really isn't your scene at all, but you know, that's, what's getting all the airplay. That's what's, you know, everybody's hearing. Um, 
where the you know the the real masters uh, of their craft are, you know they're working day jobs and, and starving so well i think it was uh neil pert that said you know in the 30s and 40s the best music was played by the most popular bands yeah yeah so you'd go to you'd go to uh uh, bebop and and there'd be like uh, swing and and all that stuff and these guys Benny Goodman and all this these guys were the were the top of the uh, top of the food chain musically but they're also what packed the venues that, yeah yeah what I was I was just gonna say is that I think a big change happened when um, everything became so much more visual right like you have much music and you know music videos and then the internet and everything became so much more visual people weren't just listening to it anymore you know they Absolutely. had to and so i think the whole marketing changed with music where you know the most talented wasn't always you know what they would they would find acceptable i guess is right. i can't yeah. think of a better way there to put packages. that but... there are packages uh they're they're packaged um, I know another musician who's who once said, you know, back in the 70s, if you sounded exactly like Chicago or or Genesis or uh, Led Zeppelin, you didn't make it because you were a clone. Right. And right. then that's the opposite. Now, whatever's hot at the time, you know, they they kind of gear you towards that. So you'll be you know, you're you're a product of exactly what's happening. The guys in suits are saying this is what's what's cool, kids. And this is what you got to do. So, and yeah. I think that's where we're seeing the downfall. I mean, how many Justin Bieber's do we need in this world? Yeah, um, exactly. Probably one less. No, no, I'm not. All respect to Justin. He's got mad success, and I that I'll never attain. So, yeah, um, yeah I mean, it, it's just the way it is right now. But like I said, hey, you know, there's a lot of great music being played out there still. You just got to uh, dig a little deeper. Yeah. The, uh, that I think the visual thing really uh, they've talked about that with, uh, you know, Elvis Presley hit the scene. Well, of course he's being televised, right? So as soon as he's being televised, people are, are they're not looking at, wow, this guy's got a great voice. They're looking at, wow, what a good looking fella and look at him dance. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. So that made a, that made a huge change I, again, visually that, that did change a lot. And that started back as far as the fifties um, yeah. when people actually the package, like you say, here's the package. He's a good looking dude who can sing and all the girls go, ah, right. right. And he uh, didn't, he didn't write one song, did he? No, no, no. never wrote a song yeah. in his life. No. So, um, he was too but, busy packing away pasta. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it, it, he had a voice, he had the look and, you know, he had the moves and, and again, the little girls went crazy. So oh, yeah. I mean, we know he couldn't act because I mean, he sang everything in his movies. So but, yeah, you know, he was still considered the king of rock and roll. So, you know, yep. that, there's, there's the package again. Right. Um, where yep. no, I mean, I, I could trip over Benny Goodman and not know what he looked like. So right. that's, yes. that's the thing, you know, his sound, but you don't know what he looked like. There wasn't, you know, posters of him hanging on anybody's wall. That's for sure. So. Right. I could trip over John Paul Jones and not know what he looked like. <laughs> yeah. We, we proved that, didn't we? Yeah. <laughs> you, you, you literally did. You literally did almost trip over him as you pushed him out of the way yeah. to go talk to somebody else. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, an embarrassing story still to this day, but hey. yeah. <laughs> 
Um, so you were, you were talking a little bit about what, what you think the future is. Like uh, the future of the music scene around here. Uh, yeah, there's some gigs opening up and some things starting to happen now after the, the whole pandemic stuff that we've went through. But what right. do you see? What do you see future like worldwide? Like as just, you know, what's going to be the pop scene? Is it going to continue to be the crap that we're hearing? Or do you think it's going to go the other way? Um, I had to think about that one. Oh, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think it's going to pick up where it left off. I mean, I, I don't think there's going to be any radical changes because of the, the year and a half off. Um, I think uh, I'm hoping, you know, everyone could get paid the same for the, for at least the local music scene. You know, I hope, uh, but I mean, for, for many, including myself, the money was never really an issue anyways. It's love for what you do. Yeah, um, I think it has to be nowadays. <clears throat> yeah, pretty much. You're not going to get rich. But I mean, yeah, I mean, it's going to be challenging times to get. We're going to have to reorientate again and, 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 and charge into the future, I think. Um, I'm, I'm hopeful that uh, we're going to get a nice balance of uh, the commercial pop. Yes, that's not going to go away. But um, there's some bands out there. And I think YouTube is uh, a good tool for introducing musicians to a lot of uh, bands that otherwise they may not here like on the local radio station or such so um yeah, I, get, I get a lot of it you know my students bring <clears> me bring me so much music i i hear all the new stuff through my through my students but uh you know they'll they'll go on a made for you spotify list and just be listening to stuff and a lot of that is stuff they've never heard so they'll hear it they'll get turned on by it and then they'll introduce it to their playlists and you know share right. their playlists and so i think a lot of that new music that it really isn't on the radio and and isn't more or less the top 40 uh is is coming out in a lot of those kind of uh kind of ways between spotify and uh right. youtube and all the, the rest of them the, these things are kind of getting promoted more and a lot of the social media is promoting it and stuff so um as a as a young band, I mean, if you're trying to make a name for yourself, it, everybody knows it's it's all about promotion, right? You have to get the PR. Like Morgan, Morgan can tell you way more about that than I can. But you know, for us older guys, I mean, we're we're out there trying to just you know play some gigs on the weekend. But for for a younger right. band, that is it's a great medium for them. And, you know, make a video, put it up on YouTube, and and try to Absolutely. get your name out there. So Absolutely. And you know what? There's 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 a market for all kinds of different music. Uh, no matter what it is, you could just pound out a G and, and have somebody scream in the background. Somebody somewhere is going to go, I kind of like this. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So, uh, you know, I, I'm uh, doing something with Paul Mully right now, which is more guitar or orientated with, with some vocal tunes as well. And he's not sure which way he wants to go yet. He goes, well, either I'm going to put out a bunch of instrumental stuff and see if that flies or the vocal stuff and see maybe if we can get a little bit more, you know, of a rock with vocals thing going. So I said, do both. Yeah. You never yeah. know. You never know. Well, in today's market, you have the ability to test, <clears throat> right? Because I mean, you're not, you're not shopping radio stations and you're not paying, you know, $30,000 to lay down an album. I mean, most people can do yeah. it themselves now and all of the platforms available to musicians nowadays allows them to test their market you know, right. try some of this, try some of that, see what's going to, you know, engage your audience. So, I mean, there's a lot, it's a, it's a lot different now than it used to be. So taking advantage of that, I mean, why not try well, both? 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, well, try to imagine a world without the internet where um, the only music we are exposed to or young people are exposed to is just what the radio station plays. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, you know, that would be a very small musical world. So so I got to say the internet's been, been um, you know, it's it's allowed ears to hear different types of music and maybe, you know, turn away from whatever the top 40 is or the top 10 and take a liking to that and, and uh, explore some of these guys. So there's a lot of music. I know Stephen Wilson once said there's too much music. I don't know if I agree with that or not, because um, he's talking about the 70s. Back in the 70s, you could, you know, the new, you know, the new Zeppelin album came out or the new Pink Floyd album and everyone was all excited about it. Well, now, you know, there's 7,000 new albums this week. And, and, you know, like I said, not, in the, not in the mainstream, but um, I don't know if I agree with that or not. I, I could kind of see his point, but uh, there is a lot of music out there. I, I kind of think it's a good thing actually. Well, listeners in general are more diversified now. So like just because of all the options, right. I might like country, but you know, I also like country and I like jazz and I, and you know, I like some punk rock, you know, because I can listen to whatever I want now before you turn on the radio and you had like three stations and you got to choose. That was about it. Right. They told you what you liked and now we can go out and search it. So it is much different. Well, Vincent Price once said, he who limits his interests limits his life. That's so true. So, that is so true. Yeah, I uh, fully agree with that. So, I mean, yeah, bring it on. Open it up. Keep it Keep it widespread. Keep it varied. Uh, keep it uh, a, a lot of options open. And I think we're in pretty good shape. I agree. So, so like Morgan said, what, what would you say to your younger self now if, if you could go back to when you were 13, 14 years old and, you know, or even 9 or 10? What, what would you tell yourself uh, if you could do it all over again and know what you know now? What I'd probably say to my 14-year-old self would be, man, if you only scored that goal, you, you know. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I think maybe I would say, because I had, I had delusions of fame when I was that age. We, we, you know, we had a rock band and we were certain we were going to be the next Led Zeppelin. Um and we had a couple of tunes and we just thought for sure we're going to be we're going to be out there and doing the arena thing. And, and of course, you know, that goes away after a while. So I think I'd just say ease up on your um, on your expectations and just enjoy the ride. Um, play the best you can. And that that's satisfying in itself. So, um, yeah, I, I don't really have a lot of re regrets over the years to come to think of it. Um, uh, stay true to your heart. I think uh, if you don't love the music you're playing, maybe maybe think about switching it up. Yeah, um, I've had a couple of bands I played with, and and I don't like to say no to bands that that call me for a for it. But some uh, I've I've now I've I've got the strength to say, you know what, this isn't for me. I'm not I'm not feeling it. I'm not loving it. I want to love the music. I want to be excited when I see the next tune on the set list. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think uh, basically that's what I would stay with. Um, but other than that, yeah, it's, it's, it's been a pretty good ride. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. been fun. I, I mean, if uh, you know, if you were up and coming now, you know, you know, you say, say it was uh, someone coming to you for advice saying, you know, okay, I'm a drummer. Um, you know, I, I want to get better. What direction would you send them? Uh 
you know what? Um, I always, now this sounds weird, but I always go into the Latin arena because, and I've done that with the students there at the music depot. I've taught them a lot of Latin stuff. You may never play a Latin song in your life, but for a drummer, okay, so you got four limbs and they're all doing something independently of one another. So the, uh, you, you're getting that kind of independence and, you know, you put it in your toolbox and you can use it for whatever style of music you choose to play. That's what I always tell people, Try, you know, get, get into some other music, have ears as huge as you can, make sure your ears are large and you're taking in everything. Uh, it's okay to borrow and even steal as long as you, you know, kind of eventually make it your own. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. practice. There's no, I know it sounds boring and obvious, but there's just no way around it. There's no button you can push or app that's just going to make you better overnight. You got to get down and get your hands dirty and, and, and play. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's not, there's, it doesn't matter how talented you are. You got to develop that talent. So, the, the students I see that move the fastest in all reality are the ones that are doing it all the time. I know kids that, you know, yeah, they played hockey and they, they did other things. But I mean, one of my students would have a, a guitar in the back of his dad's pickup truck and would practice on his way to hockey practice. Like, <laughs> so he was playing his guitar on his way to his hockey games or his hockey practice just because he didn't want to stop. Right. Oh, that's one more thing I'd tell a drummer. Never let a bass player or guitar player tell you what the tempo is. You get your own thing. You dictate the tempo. They're going to have to trust you or just get over it. Arts. You know what, though? That piece of advice really hits me hard because me and Jack playing in the Irish band together, I played drums, he plays guitar, right. and that was an ongoing argument. It was. Right. All yeah. the time. Yeah. He would try yeah. to alter my tempo every right. time and I would feel it and I'm like no way man no you follow me yeah oh, Steve's, right. yeah. Steve's played with me he knows I like to push I, I'm a pusher yes yeah but I played one band where the guitar player turned around and said slow it down and the bass player turned around and said pick it up a bit so that's when I decided <laughs> you know what I'm staying right here from now on forever yeah. that's yeah. it you know and I look to the singer if the singer's struggling of course you know with the lyrics or something, of course I'll slow it down but other than that, I hope so. Leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, Steve, what are you doing now? I know that uh, the world's starting to open up. What are your plans? Okay, so for the last year and a half, no, two years, I guess, I've been uh, engaged in a Latin jazz trio with uh, Chris Diplock on bass and Terry Walsh, who's an old. You should do a you should do a podcast with him. He's he's like legendary in the Niagara region back in the seventies and eighties. But yeah. um yeah, he I didn't know what to expect when he came over and he whipped into some Pat Matheny and blew my mind. So it's like, yep, I'm in. So actually we have a rehearsal tonight. Uh nice. so we're doing that. We played a couple of patios before everything came down and we hope to to get out there again. We got a wedding to do in a couple of months. Um so that's my jazz Latin thing, which I always wanted to do. And I used to do during the Neil Young sets, but it didn't, wasn't appropriate. No. <laughs> <laughs> so um, the other thing is uh, uh, Paul Molly, who many know, he's an awesome guitar player from Fort Erie. And uh, he called me up. He's got a whole slew of original stuff and he wanted me to play drums on it. He does everything else. He plays the keyboards, the bass, the guitar. And I've been having a lot of fun with him. He's very particular and meticulous but it's it's fun we we get a lot of stuff happening and i got some recordings and uh i don't know where that's gonna live yet it might be uh it might just be on the internet i don't know uh 
if we're going to record a full CD and release it, we don't know yet, but it's fun. Absolutely. Um, so getting out, you're doing your, your Latin jazz show. You're not doing, uh, not doing anything else that you're planning on for, for bands. I know you do a lot. You get uh, called for a lot of fill in jobs and things like that. So. Yeah, I've been, uh, I've been filling in with Gil Hicks, uh, uh, before this all hit, um, Gary store and their drummers had some wrist issues. So I was playing some gigs with him with vertigo, um, great band. And also, um, uh the max webster tribute universal juveniles i was doing some gigs with them as well and i might do one at the end of the summer i think they're talking about so i might do that but my main thing is the latin jazz trio and the paul molly project right now right on are you so, uh are you going to be playing live with the the latin trio yes yeah we uh like i said we got a wedding i think in october <laughs> but um a band like that we could probably hit up the wineries and the cafes and stuff and um yeah you know yeah, some I, of it's smooth jazz some of it's fusion so we'll uh we'll probably get out there and uh, stretch our what uh, what is that called Do you... uh it's called the parkside jazz trio oh there you go well you'll have to keep yeah. us keep us updated that's something that we would definitely love to come out and support for sure oh, absolutely absolutely yeah i definitely will august 1st i think you could search paul molly on spotify and he's gonna have something out there and maybe a couple of a uh, couple of things after that so we'll see Awesome. Cool. Well, we will definitely try to uh, keep our eyes open for that. I'm excited to hear it. I love listening to you play. You, the passion for drums comes out when you when you get into the Latin beats and stuff. I've noticed. Oh, so. I love it. I love it. It's uh, it just uh, gets my gets my blood boiling in a good way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, it's exciting. Uh, well, if I find anything, I'll try to add it to the show notes here for this episode. Sure. Um, so that and. And I believe that, uh, who is it at uh, the intro song that was played here? That, uh, was, that was Paul Molly. I thought so. Okay, yeah. perfect. Yeah. So if you want to know who we're talking about, rewind at the beginning of this episode and you can hear uh, Steve and Paul Molly uh, in that first song. Perfect. I'm going to wrap stuff up before you cut out again. Okay. <laughs> All right, Steve. Well, thank you so much for joining us. That was awesome. And you have some great words of wisdom there. Oh, thanks for having me. Anytime. 